Can't relate to cancel culture, hookup culture, or victim culture? (laughs) Well, neither could we. We created this platform for those other girls. Girls like us who want to give a different perspective from a Christian and conservative worldview. We talk about life, work, relationships, and everything in between. Let's be those other girls that don't just talk about culture, but change culture and bring back traditional values. Hello, everyone. You're listening to Those Other Girls with Mallory and Friends. I'm Mallory. I'm Victoria. And we are changing culture and bringing back traditional values. All right, guys. So uh, today's a special day. This is kind of our kickoff to Valentine's week. Um, my best friend, Caroline Alexander, is on to kind of talk about our love st- or not our love story. My God. <laughs> <laughs> talk about, about her. Here we yes, go. Here we go. <laughs> talk about her. No. <laughs> talk about her love story and um, kind of our friendship too. But she has a really unique love story. Um, her boyfriend is in the UK and um, there's this whole movement going on that's called love is not tourism because with all the COVID restrictions right now, it's really hard for her to go over there as well as her boyfriend to come here to the US. But before we get into that, let me introduce you to Caroline. So Caroline and I have been friends since eighth grade. Um, we were part of the original Homeroom Homies, Garwood's Homeroom Homies. Um, it was us, a girl named Hannah, and a girl named Emma. Uh, but um, <laughs> we, we, we started our friendship in eighth grade, went to high school together, both ended up at East Carolina University. Caroline majored in communications and then decided, I don't want to leave anymore. I don't want to leave and go into the real world. Let's just stay for a master's in communications. <laughs> and so she stayed, what, a year and a half more and finished her master's in communications. And that's where she met her boyfriend was at ECU. So Caroline, you want to tell us a little bit more about you that I may have forgotten? Sure. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about this. Um, But yeah, so like Victoria said, I went to East Carolina both for undergrad and grad school. And during that time, I met my boyfriend. So I was still an undergrad at the time. And he moved into the same apartment complex that I was living at. And he was starting grad school. And I didn't realize this until actually until we started dating, but I met him on his first or second day that he was in the States. Oh um, so it was really cool. Um, but a uh, quick story about going into all the super mushy stuff, I guess. Um, I was at the pool and I never go to the pool at my apartment complex, but I was at the pool and I was with one of my friends and he was like, do you see that guy over there? He's from England. And I was like, no way, get him over here. I got to hear his accent. And, and, and Caroline does a really good British <laughs> yeah. accent too. Not according to the British people I've met, but I think it's pretty good. Um, <laughs> Can you give us but, a taste? <laughs> oh, God. I'm so excited to be on this podcast. Oh, that is really... the time. <laughs> okay, that is really good. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. That's, but the British people I've met will say that is not good at all. So I'm sorry to any British people that may or may not hear this podcast. <laughs> um, but no, so I was at the pool and my friend said, see that guy over there? He's from England. I was really excited. Basically, quick backstory. I'm a huge Adele fan, like huge Adele fan. So 
I got to know more about the British culture just for my love on of Adele. Mm-hmm. And so then when, when Josh, his name, my boyfriend's name is Josh, when he came over, I wanted to hear his accent, but I also wanted to talk to him about British culture. And so I did, and we hit it off and we were really good friends. Um, I was actually dating someone else at the time. So it wasn't like anything. Cause this you know. was like our junior year, if I recall, correct? Yeah. So yeah. Junior year. So that would have been, I don't know, like 2016, 14. No, 15. no, I don't know. That no, it was like 2016. <laughs> it was okay, 20, 20, and then a one something. Yes. Yeah, something like that. Cause we graduated in 2018. That's right. Okay. So yeah, it would have been around 2016. Um, like I said, at that point, we just became really good friends. He lived in my building, so it was just easy to hang out. Uh, we were around each other a lot. And then um, he actually started dating someone else while he was, you know, first there. And then we both went through a breakup around the same time. And it, we didn't mean to fall in love and date, but we did. Um, <laughs> so we started dating in December of 2017. And we have now been together a little over three years, um, which is just crazy to me um and it's it's great I would definitely recommend dating your best friend um but uh so he after grad school he actually moved to Raleigh North Carolina and we were kind of in a I say long distance and that to me Raleigh is not a long distance considering now we're 3,000 miles apart (laughs) um but he moved to Raleigh and I was still in Greenville because I was still in grad school so I would go visit him on the weekends or if I had um not a lot going on the week I could go visit him But then um, his visa actually expired in September of 2019. So he had to go back to the UK and that, oh, it just broke my heart. I was just, it was so sad to see him go because I didn't know when he was going to be able to come back to the States to hopefully live. Um, So I didn't know when I was going to see him again, as far as like living here. Mm -hmm. And then I finished out grad school. We had plans to meet up and everything um after I graduated so I because you finished grad school that December yeah so I was gonna say I after grad school I had plans to yeah yes so I was gonna go visit him and I did in December of 2019 so he unfortunately could not be there for my graduation Um, he got a job and he couldn't get the time off work um but I did get to go see him afterwards and spent a little after Christmas and into January of 2020 And then I left in January of 2020, January 26th to be exact. And I was like, oh, I was sad because I didn't know I was going to see him again, but we had a plan. We're going to try to see each other every three months. And then um, we, he booked a flight later on and he was going to come for my birthday in April. Um, But then uh, March 11th rolls around Well, COVID hits, but then March 11th specifically rolls around. And that's when um, President Trump at the time, he implemented a travel ban. And at this point, the UK was not included in that travel ban. Um, and I was like, okay, fingers crossed. UK is not part of it. He's still gonna be able to come over. And then uh, a couple days later on the 14th, the UK and Ireland were then included in that travel ban, meaning that he could not come to the United States. Yeah. And, you know, everyone just thought it's just going to be just a little bit. We're going to get back up on our feet. The world will return to normal soon. And clearly that did not happen. <laughs> yeah, we're still not, not normal today. <laughs> no, and it's just Almost crazy. a year later. Exactly. Um, so because of that, um, I found a great sense of community with, it's literally thousands and thousands of people that are in situations like mine. And it's called Love Is Not Tourism because we've all been affected by these travel bans um, and unable to see our loved ones because um, the borders have been closed. So 
Love is Not Tourism is basically, it's a community and it's a movement. So mm -hmm. I say it's a community because I said it's composed of thousands of people, but it's also a movement to try to get us to reunite with our loved ones again. These travel bans make it nearly impossible or really, really difficult yeah. uh, to reunite. And because if you're a married couple, you can go over. But if you're not married, you can't. Even if exactly. you're in like a long-term relationship like you are, you're what, three, you said over three years now. Yes. Um, you can't go see your loved one. No. And that's part of the problem is we're hoping that, you know, for this now, this new this new presidential administrations come in and they, um, you know, say they're progressive. And it's like, well, then that means we need to update our view on family and what family is. because. I, in my opinion, at least family is not just, you know, a married couple, but it's the people that you choose to be with every, like that are your support group that are literally the people that are your loved ones that are there for you all the time. Um, and in this case, you know, I consider my boyfriend to be part of, part of my family. Yeah. Um, and I'm part of his and I can't see him. So the problem is if you are married, that's great. You can see each other. They're not really affected, but that means you're telling us that we either have to, you're forced to get married before we're ready, but how are we even going to do that if there's a travel ban in place because yeah. we can't see each other to get married? Um, so it's just yeah. a little bit messy. Some people I've noticed, there's a couple of different Facebook groups I'm in. One is called the Love is Not Tourism Facebook group. And another one is called Couples Separated by Travel Bans. Same concept, just different groups. Um, so some people are trying to meet up in a third country to get married. Um, mm. I Think there's a possibility to get married online through the state of utah so people are literally getting married via zoom if i'm understanding that correctly i haven't looked into that that's not something that i'm <laughs> considering but um i think some people are doing that so it's just a bit messy all around yeah um, and some countries have included um cup like a non-married couple so i'm looking at the website right now it's Denmark, Norway, Netherlands, uh, Czech, Iceland, Austria, Switzerland, Finland, Germany, France, Spain, Italy, Canada, Sweden, Singapore, and Lithuania are the 16 countries that are allowing, um, and it's called binational couples is what you guys technically are because you're yes. from two nations. So allowing binational couples to be able to travel back and forth to see their loved ones. Because I know, it, like, I guess, it, I mean, my boss is from Singapore and oh. his family was moving here in the process of COVID and he could not see his wife and kids for, I think, seven months. Yeah. It's hard. It's absolutely heartbreaking. Cause I mean, if you think about it, I mean, seven months is a long time. So mm -hmm. I understand that I couldn't see Josh for eight. It was literally eight months to the day. Really? Um, and you went to go and you stayed, you ended up um, quitting your job and just going to see him for what three four months yes so back just up back up <laughs> some of us don't know the story rewind okay so you don't see him and then what happened <laughs> right okay yeah that's the part where I need to get I was so focused on telling about this movement because I'm so excited about it and so passionate about it I forgot to tell you the part where I actually get to see him again okay uh, oh. really incredible so I did quit my job back in September um, not just to go see him, just, I mean, it was great that I got to, but you know, okay, I wasn't I was happy like, with my job. <laughs> yeah. I, I just thought, you know, I'm not happy with my job. I'm going to leave. And while I have so much time, I'm going to figure out a way to make it happen. And I'm going to go see him. So I could go see him in England. I just had to follow their rules. And at that time I had to quarantine for two weeks. That was, that was it. Now I had different, obviously with all of these 
restrictions, not as many flights going. So I couldn't do my normal flight. I had to add on a couple legs, but it's totally worth it. It It's absolutely (laughs) worth it um, to be able to be there. And I just remember, especially I had that feeling of being so nervous and I'm like, I don't, I shouldn't be nervous. Like I've been dating him over three years. I've known him over four. Why am I so nervous? It's just because I hadn't seen him in so long. And I remember I was in baggage claim and the doors kept opening and I could see, I could see him outside of the doors, like in the waiting area. And I, he couldn't see me yet. And I was like, oh, there he is, there he is, there he is. Aww. And then I saw him and I just, I started sobbing, like absolutely sobbing. I was just so excited and so happy. Yeah. Um, and I would, it's like a love was, actually moment. It, it was though, it really was. And mm-hmm. I didn't care if people in the airport thought I was insane um, because I just knew that it had been honestly, absolutely just hell the past those months. Because if you think about it, well, for me, I was in a job that I hated. My mental health was not in a good place. We're missing birthdays, holidays, anniversaries. It's even just tough. a good day and a bad day. It's been yeah. hard. It's been hard mm-hmm. for everyone. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Yeah. It, it's yeah. Yeah. It's just like at the end of the day, if you're in a relationship or if you're married or whatever, you get to see that person. You get to talk mm-hmm. to them. You get to have a hug from them to say, hey, it's gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have that, but virtually, and it is not the same on a FaceTime call. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I could not imagine going through this past year without my husband it's hard because I just couldn't imagine not being able to touch the person I love it is absolutely so hard um I actually read someone in the love is not tourism community put together a report and I'm so glad I did and one of the statistics said um 50 percent of the respondents on their survey have not seen their partners since the pandemic began and 65% of them cannot reunite with their partners until there are exemptions from the travel ban or or until the ban is lifted. Mm. That's heartbreaking. Yeah. That's really sad. So really quick, what was it? So what was the difference between September and before what like stuff had been lifted um, from the UK? Yeah. So for a while you just couldn't, go anywhere I oh, you just couldn't was, travel and at nobody all. was traveling at all yeah okay. nobody was. um and then I think it was maybe July the UK finally opened up borders as long as you quarantined for 14 days mm-hmm. um and I was like I said more than willing to do that and I did it uh you had to fill out like a form saying where you're gonna where you're staying and in case they come and check up on you to make sure you're you're actually there oh wow um so I've heard some people got checked up on. I personally didn't, but I was not, I was not trying to risk it. So I stayed Were in the house. Were you staying at his house? Yeah, I was at you his house. You didn't have to be in a hotel or anything. Because I know yeah. now if you go, you have to be in a hotel. And that only applies to certain countries though. That's the thing. If you want to okay. reunite with your partner, you have to do so much research because certain yeah. countries, like I'm, if you're coming in from like South Africa to the UK, I know they have the whole hotel quarantine thing starting soon. Um, some other countries like Australia, you have to stay in a hotel as well and you have to pay for it yourself mm-hmm. on top of the airfare and on top of the, yeah. the COVID testing. So it can be very expensive. Um, another stat for you here. I read that the average price that most people are spending to get reunited with their loved ones is 3447 US dollars. Yeah, I was about wow. to say it's very it seems like you have to drop everything and be like, okay, am I just going to take that jump and go be with them and spend a lot of money on a last minute international flight, which is very expensive for you, Caroline, how, what what was that planning period between, okay, you said, I'm going to go see him to the day you saw him. Was it like a couple of days, a couple of weeks, a couple months? 
It was actually a couple weeks. Um, so I had already known I was going to be quitting my job. I, I knew I didn't, I wasn't happy there. I knew I was going to leave. Um, so that kind of got the ball rolling. I'm like, okay, if I'm going to be quitting, let me take advantage of this opportunity. I knew I would only have a very small window to get over there. And I was correct. Um, because actually while I was over there, the UK got put into lockdown and the UK is now in lockdown again. Yep. Um, and I saw, so for all our listeners, I work in the aerospace industry and I had to do a whole report on countries travel bans this past week. And so I am very familiar with all of what's going on right now. And like, especially in the UK, they're on ban. They're like house quarantine until I think the end of March now. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. And it's very strict. Like you have to show reason why you're out. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty much grocery stores and and that's about it. Maybe walking um, the dog. Like and I think you're limited on how much like outdoor exercise. I think it's like what 30 minutes to an hour a day you can be out just to walk around. Yeah, I think it's a I think it's about an hour. Now that I'm not there, I'm not keeping up with it as much. But obviously when wow. I was over there, I had to. Didn't mm-hmm. want to be featured on, you know, locked up abroad or anything <laughs> right, like that. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> And other countries don't treat uh, their prisoners as kind as ours does. <laughs> yeah, so I just wanted to be sure I was following all the guidelines. And especially um, as part of someone in the Love is Not Tourism community, the biggest thing that we're advocating for is to reunite and that we are willing to cooperate with um, yeah. country laws. So I wanted to be sure I was setting an example and following those as well. Yeah. And Uh, so like every country has their exemptions. So like you have like the overarching, like, okay, like if you're from South Africa, you can't travel to the UK, but there's always exemptions, whether it's like you are British born citizen, you have family there. So it seems, so this whole movement is just trying to get, um, uh, unmarried couples. Like you have to, and I think Caroline kind of explained this to me last week, you just have to show proof that you are in a long-term relationship to get added to the list of exemptions to be able to travel. So they're still going to keep all of these um, um, restrictions in place, but um, long-term binational couples can travel, go see each other. Right. And that's what we're hoping that the, the U.S. will implement um, because it doesn't seem like the travel ban will be lifted anytime soon. Mm-hmm. And actually the travel ban was only supposed to be in place 30 days. And it's not something that has a, a timeline. It actually expires every 30 days and it has to be re-implemented. It's a presidential oh. proclamation. So the only way it can be lifted is through the president. At least that's on my knowledge right now. Um, if I, I hope I'm not misspeaking, but that's from my understanding right now, that's how mm-hmm. it works. So I think it's an um, executive order, if I recall, because it's similar to what Governor Cooper do- does in North Carolina is we have, okay, we're in this phase and it, it extends out. And then that's why you see there's always a press conference a couple days before the extension, because they'll say like, okay, like on Friday at five, we're going into this phase. So it's usually at like Friday at 4.59, this phase ends. And then at Friday at five, we start with this phase. Right. Yeah. Some very similar concept. Yeah. Um, so that's, it's, it's just frustrating because we always, the whole group gets really hopeful thinking, oh, well, maybe it'll be lifted this time around. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially, I think our biggest frustration lately is that, um, you know, you have 22,000 people that are allowed to attend a Super Bowl. Granted, yes, I know 7,000 of those are supposedly going to be vaccinated, but what about the rest? 30,000 people will attend the Daytona 500. And for both of those events, people will have to travel for non-essential reasons to get there. Yeah. But we have people, binational couples and families that have been separated for over a year who are willing to COVID test multiple times 
and quarantine, wear a mask and follow all of these procedures yet. And our travel is essential, yet we're still not allowed to reunite, to sit at home with our loved ones. Yeah, that does seem very hypocritical. So, okay, another question I have. The ban is for people to come to the U.S., then that's the problem. But U.S. people can go pretty much anywhere. Not necessarily. Depends on what each... That's why there's so much research when it comes to traveling. You have to research each country's restrictions like for example um i have a friend her fiance is in spain right now he's an american citizen but he's playing basketball in spain she cannot go visit him because they're not allowing u.s citizens over there unless you have like a visa for spain or, or one of those things so you just have to do research what the country's rules are on all that stuff like wow. for example too like sweden's wide open right now they have no yeah. restrictions like it's very much based country by country the eu has kind of their overall restrictions but we're also seeing that the countries in the eu are also doing their own thing as well right and um so quick question about sweden so let's say i'm like oh gosh i just had a long week i want to go on a vacation could you just pick up and go to sweden then would they let yeah, they, they have open borders is my understanding based on my research. It's all open borders because they haven't done the lockdowns like other countries because they go, we're going to focus on herd immunity. We are right. going to, um, kind of, I guess, take that risk essentially. And so like you can go, you don't even have to quarantine when you get there. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. So Sweden, just to get out, you know, it's just the, yeah. the <laughs> that like you can go in from a third world third world country third or a third country you can also go in so they like like for example like the u.s is letting you go to for example oh i'm getting hypothetical u.s is letting you go to france the uk is letting people from france come in so you can go from the u.s to france to the uk but then you're also like crazy high numbers because i know um right now that's what's going on in the uk because they are not allowing anyone from the dubai to come in anymore so they've canceled all flights to the dubai but they go you can come in through a third source right and that's what honestly the united states also has something similar to that and this is kind of a loophole that people are kind of getting around uh, while still following rules obviously so countries like turkey croatia i think croatia still and Mexico. So if Josh wants to come see me from the UK, theoretically what he could do, he could leave the UK and go to Mexico and he'd have to stay in Mexico two weeks, but they're really picky about it. So for safety reasons, a lot of people, as far as like um, cushion time, they are saying stay at least 15 days. So go to Mexico for 15 days and then try to come in um, to the United States that way. And people have been able to do that. I've, I've read a lot of success stories that way. Um, but from my understanding, people are still getting drilled by border force um, when they do that, but they're still successful in that in that attempt. So I would love to see that happen. But that's again, a lot of money. All I heard was ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. Yeah, exactly. So because that's all at your own expense. And so that's why we just don't understand if you can do that and come through Mexico in a third country, why couldn't you just come directly and quarantine at the, at the house of your loved one? It just doesn't. There's a lot of uh, inconsistencies. Yeah, sorry about that. My dogs decided they're gonna go crazy. But no, it's definitely like I mean, and it actually know. froze, so I missed everything, Caroline. So <laughs> no worries. 
I can repeat that if you want me to repeat it. Well, it's I think fine. I, I heard it. So it's just talking about like okay. it recorded. So I'll yeah. just, I'll hear it later. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, so it definitely is interesting. Like if, if there's a will, there's a way, but it's also a higher price tag. Exactly. And that's the thing where, especially in this community, we get frustrated because it's almost like this, this system and this way of reuniting favors those that are really wealthy and mm-hmm. that's not the case for everyone and then the exemptions right now there's exemptions for celebrities and and athletes and it's like should we be punished just because we're not famous or because we're not sports minded we just want to be with our loved ones yeah that's a good point so what had so the- and I feel like what go ahead now all right well go ahead it's I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's, so the 16 countries anyway, that have the love is not tour- tourism kind of in their exemptions. How's were they in the exemptions from day one or was there also kind of a movement similar to what we're seeing in the U.S.? I think they've happened over time. I think there's been movements involved. And I know recently there was a lot of uproar because I think Norway came off that list and people are not happy about that. Oh, OK. So that needs to be I think that needs to be, I'm pretty sure it was Norway. Um, OK. Said, I have more knowledge specifically on UK, US, because that's my situation. But um, if you do check the Love is Not Tourism official website, it does have the countries listed on there that you can go to. But they are movements that started. Um, so like I said, yeah, we're hoping the same will happen in the US. Um, and that's why this whole movement's happening. A lot of it's taking place on Twitter specifically, also on mm-hmm. Facebook, um, but definitely on Twitter. So Anytime a tweet goes out where they say, ask us your questions. Um, I know that's, that's happened several times on Twitter. The love is not tourism community goes crazy on Facebook and says, everyone send in your questions, tweet your questions. And um, we're frustrated because if you look at those tweets and like the, the questions and the responses, Mm -hmm. so many of them are love is not tourism. Mm -hmm. Yet we don't get an acknowledgement at all. That's really interesting how like the algorithm is kind of, not favoring love is not tourism i'm wondering if it's the algorithm or this because i think the problem is not a lack of visibility but Mm. blatant ignoring of the tweets yeah because if i mean i would have had no idea that this is going on without you mentioning it and that's yeah that's a thing not many people know about it and i i understand that i mean i feel like the majority of the people are not in binational relationships um, so pretty much the only way you will know about it is if you're in one or, you know, someone that's in one. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was our problem for so long is just not having that visibility. And now on Twitter, we're starting to gain momentum. Um, but I know other people and, and myself, I, sorry. Oh, I know other people and myself have been, um, I've been emailing the white house, sending in actual physical letters to the white house, tweeting Joe Biden, um, Jen Psaki, the press secretary, the VP, uh, CDC director, all these different organizations, um, even reporters. And actually recently we had a reporter finally speak up on our behalf. We had two reporters. Oh, really? From where? And we, um, I have to look up their names. I don't have their names handy. Um, so sorry about that. But no, we were all just crazy so excited that someone finally mentioned us. Yeah. We've was been it, ignored for, I guess my question uh, was in national... Was it national news or more local news? It was on one of the press briefings. 
So oh, oh. Um, we were so it is recorded and I would go back and I watch that video. But um, Jen Saki, the, the press secretary said that she'll have to circle back up with us. Oh, my God. That just like every other question that she gets. <laughs> so we are wondering when she will circle back up to us. Yeah, um, we but- miss Kaylee with her binder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But we are not being quiet about this. If anything, the more we are being ignored, the the louder we are being on social media and not trying to be mean, just trying to genuinely wonder when we can be with our loved ones again. Yeah. So I guess you kind of touched on it. What all have you guys done to try to get um, this movement going? I know you said you've reached out to politicians, uh, Twitter. Like, What specifically have you guys done? Yeah, so pretty much as, as far as the Twitter standpoint, there's been always use the hashtag love is not tourism and hashtag love is essential. That's been the biggest thing um, mm. to try to that way everything's collective and you can go there and see everything in one place. But honestly, in these Facebook groups, there are some really talented people. They're doing their reports. They're doing surveys so that they can submit like actual proof and documentation of what's happening. Um, they make infographics and we've been sharing those on social media as well. So that's been really helpful. The main thing that I think sheds so much insight into this, someone made a YouTube documentary on love is not tourism and it's only 18 minutes long. So I figured, you know, I watched it and I brought me to tears also because I relate so much to the situation, but I'm just thinking, you know, 18 minutes of my day. I mean, I waste 18 minutes on like TikTok. So I might as well watch (laughs) something of value. Um, And I, it's definitely worth the watch and it really explains the situation, what we want and what, what we're hoping can happen. Um, like I said, reaching out to my senators and house representatives and like, I don't even, I have not written a letter in, I don't even know how long. Um, but I'm writing letters daily to the white house and I'm making them super obnoxious and highlighting them in literal highlighter to be (laughs) sure they are seen. And I know it's not the most professional thing, but I'm like, I want you to see me. I want you to see this. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like looking at the Twitter right now. I mean, it's crazy how many people are tweeting about this. Um, I know, see, I think President Biden had a tweet on the second saying families belong together, period, that he's establishing a family reunification task force. And someone commented, my long-term partner's also my family. I haven't seen him in 354 days. That's inhumane. Hashtag love is not tourism. Yeah, and the thing is, you see so many tweets like that. The the heartbreaking part on top of the situation we already have is um, I like I've been tweeting too. And the responses I get, like, I didn't realize it's a little bit controversial because people are thinking I've had people tell me on Twitter, I don't deserve to be with my loved one um, that oh I need God. to shut up about this. Somebody said the, the health and safety of our people is more important than you just wanting to see your boyfriend. And that to me, that's, I, Again, that's that's the basis. I understand. Yes, it's my boyfriend. And that goes back to the problem. The bigger issue of boyfriend, long-term relationships and marriage aren't viewed the same way, but it's not about just seeing a boyfriend. Like I'm thankful, like my situation has been rough, not being able to see my boyfriend in so long, but there are people that are pregnant and they had children alone and their children have not met their fathers yet. Oh my God. There's one girl active on Twitter that has had to fight cancer alone because she Ooh. has not had her partner with her. And you have all these just absolutely heartbreaking stories. So I realized my situation could be so much worse and to read some of these the backlash is just heartbreaking um there's a huge lack of empathy there as well yeah I was gonna say um there is 
I'm not surprised it's controversial because, well, for two parts, people are super sensitive about what you can do. So they think that if you leave your house, you're going to kill your grandmother. And that, especially now, I can't even imagine what they would say if you leave your house and get on a plane to go to a whole nother country. But right. then the also the idea that making long-term partners equal to family and legally, I think they're like, especially people who, I mean, three plus years pregnant, like I think legally it would make sense to do that. I do think there comes for this instance, but I do think part of the problem is that people can use it as a precedent for so many other things. Right. And COVID was just something that we, nobody had any idea it was going to happen. Right. Like, it's just so, I don't want to say random because apparently like people, like countries were supposed to be prepared, but I don't think any country was, but it's just so like, you would think that something like this will be an excuse. I can see where like a long-term boyfriend and a family, I can see instances where we wouldn't want that to mesh for legal reasons, but I, for something like this, I feel like, I mean, I'm just also thinking about the woman who was pregnant, the woman with cancer. I mean, going through stuff, like I've had an awful, awful year and I can't imagine, like, I mean, I don't have anybody, but I can't imagine having someone because you already you have someone so then you kind of want to be with that person so I can't imagine like wanting that during that time so that's just um yeah I just it's that's a difficult situation oh it's yeah and I and I certainly get it if people are thinking like you said every time we're gonna go out you're going to infect someone but that's not it we we are advocating for the safe reunification of our loved ones like I said, pre, pre-departure COVID testing, arrival COVID testing, again, if need be, quarantine, and we're staying at, at the home or with our loved one. It's not like we're going out. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like if you are following all those guidelines, I just, to me, that just seems like a no-brainer. But I guess these things are such um, overarching, big government, and it will be, I wish they could care about these things case by case, mm-hmm. because I'm sure there are people who would take advantage of that and go out and party and, you know, get all crazy, but like not everybody is. And I honestly would even be willing to bet most aren't going to take advantage right. of it. Yeah. So it needs to be more of a case by case situation, but I guess, cause it's so big. Cause you said it's like 22,000 people in your group. There's so in the main Facebook group for Love Is Not Tourism, there are forty one thousand members. Wow! Oh my god! Not everybody's on Facebook either. Yeah. So, so what? Oh, that'd what be hard countries who have their borders open for binational couples? What kind of guidelines do they have to kind of, I guess, show proof? Is that the right word? Kind of what Mal was saying. Yeah. Um. Some of them, I like. I know. Let's see. I think like the Czech Republic and like Italy, maybe. Uh, Sweden, I think some of them have like Italy is open. Well, I'm looking at the website right now and they have a little um, star beside the ones that it says these countries only allow entry of unmarried partners under certain circumstances. And please review the individual country sections. Um, So some of them, you do have to follow those guidelines or there's forms you have to fill out or a special type of visa. Um, But like I said, I don't, I haven't, look too much into that i'm more familiar with the uk us thing but i am trying to learn more about it for everyone because 
if anything I've learned this whole experience is that I wish more people would have empathy for my situation so mm-hmm. I'm trying to educate myself on mm-hmm. the other countries as a well good way to look at it yeah, yeah. still a work in progress but I'm, I'm so I guess that. it's kind of like have, like you have to apply for like a student visa work visa it'd probably just be like a different visa you have to apply for is what it, it sounds might be, like but I don't think it would be a complicated like super long visa process oh yeah not as long as the work student but it's just a different because you apply technically for a travel visa too to travel to countries and so it would just be a different type of visa you're applying for right I think so like I said I need to I'm still working on educating myself on all of that but so um, with the UK was there any special things you had to do besides quarantine yeah no I just had to fill out they call it the passenger locator form I believe Mm -hmm. um and you just fill out have you where have you been in the past 14 days where are you coming from where are you staying uh when will you be leaving and then um when I got I landed in, in London Heathrow and I had to talk to one of the Porter Force agents and I thought I was going to be drilled um but they were just like what are you doing here I said oh I'm visiting my boyfriend and they're like okay just remember to quarantine it's <laughs> like okay oh, that's <laughs> great I actually got um drilled harder when I came back to the states um I'm not surprised I was just shocked she was like um, what were you doing in the UK? And I said, I was visiting my boyfriend. And she's like, for three and a half months. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, why that long? And I was like, well, so we had the travel bans. I tried to go to and explain the whole thing. And she cut me off and she got so mad at me. <laughs> um, but yeah, just the UK was just a quarantine. But when I left though, they changed it two days before I was supposed to come home. They changed it to, you have to have a, quarant- uh, a, COVID, a COVID test to come back into the States. So I got one of those um and came back home but it's gotten different it's different now so yeah is there a um tax task force in covid that deals with this specific issue you know i'm not sure on twitter there is like the covid white house response team and that we've all been tweeting like crazy yeah also the travel the state department we've been uh trying to reach them as well so i don't think there's a specific like committee yeah within that committee no right I don't think so well I mean with this whole you know Joe Biden saying that families belong together period you would think there would be (laughs) yeah yeah I because I I think it all goes back to the legal definition of family like just from the legal perspective just thinking about that it goes back to the legal definition of family and that unfortunately um because I mean you're right like just because someone you're not married just because I mean I'm just thinking like I have a friend that I'm very very close with and I would consider him family but Mm -hmm. and I would have loved for us to be quarantined together Mm -hmm. that would have made this a thousand times better but um you know he wouldn't he lives in New Jersey but like you know if he lived in another country wouldn't have been able to quarantine together even if our schedules fit and things like Mm -hmm. that yeah that's and you know you would think even like with mental health because I like I totally when you were saying it was a tough year I totally relate so you would think with mental health if someone has someone they would try their best to get them together like, right to be together they would do whatever they could because that is a huge thing oh yeah for sure and that raises the the I guess the flag of you know, obviously physical health is super important as well. And that's why this time is just absolutely crazy. But I think mental health is often overlooked. And these times not having your biggest supporter by your side makes it more challenging. Um, For example, I just want to read a couple words that in this survey people use to describe this travel ban situation. They say depression, anxiety, anger, and frustration, powerless, hopeless, inhumane, unjust, heartless, 
and unethical, just to name mm. some. <laughs> just yeah. to name some of them. Yeah. Do you think your job situation would have been different if you were been able to see your boyfriend or he would be able to come here? I honestly think had I had my, you know, my boyfriend here with me, I think I could have lasted a little bit longer at my job. If I'm being honest, it probably could have lasted maybe another year or so. Um, but just given the situation with that, um, and just other things as well, I was, I had just gotten my first job outside of college. I moved to a new city. I wasn't happy in my job. I was cold calling all day and that's already takes a toll on your mental health. And you weren't in the office either. Like you didn't even start in the office. Oh, that's awful. I'm so sorry. (laughs) It's okay. Yeah. So doing all of that and not having your, you know, having that hug at the end of the day or, or being with your person, all that is just, it made it 10 times harder. So I think I, I, it made me on a certain level, a weaker person. Um, but I will say seeing Josh again, just gave me that, like, I felt like a new person and I, it was such a good feeling. And, you know, I know that'll eventually go away. If if it happens to be another eight months again, it's going to be awful, but I don't think it'll be as bad as the first time around because now now I know, I know we can get (laughs) through it. Cause at first I was thinking, are we going to make it through this, these eight months? But I will say this as hard as it was, it's not all bad. Um, if anything, our relationship has gotten stronger because the only thing we have to rely on right now in this time is communication. So yeah. we've had to become excellent communicators um, just through, you know, all of our, we talk on social media, like we send each other tweets or memes and stuff. We text every day. We FaceTime all the time. Um, I don't know. Just we, we are constantly communicating. We even write uh, each other like snail mail with letters. Really? Yeah. That's sweet. (laughs) So has he gotten involved with this whole movement? I know. Um, So he is not really big on social media to begin with. Yeah, I knew that's Uh, good. Yeah, he just doesn't really care for social media. He's on it. He'll look at some things, um, but not really. He's still he's so supportive of the movement. He is on Facebook and he reads everything. So Mm -hmm. um, when he does when he does get online, which is not often. Um, but I think if you were more involved in social media already, he'd probably hop on the, hop on the train, but is it mainly women? I'm just curious. Actually, no, I would say it's a pretty good mix of, of both. both, Um, like that are involved that are involved. Yeah. I think just because it is such a thing that affects everybody. Yeah. Um, or well, everybody in this situation, so many people, um, but I just, I don't know. I'm hoping our voice can be heard. That's, that's the biggest thing that we're, we're trying to fight so many things at once. And we are just absolutely exhausted. Yeah. But. Well, what can we do to help? What um, do we as a podcast, we as our followers, what could we do to kind of help get this message out? Thank you so much for, like, I don't think anyone has ever asked that um, so far. Um, if you could literally just make people aware of it, because I know the huge thing people don't even realize that the borders to the U S are, are pretty much closed off. Um, I didn't. yeah, I even people that are, yeah, people that are my good friends are like, Oh, well, when are you going to see Josh again? I'm like, well, he's still not allowed to come here. Um, and they're like, wait, what? So they don't even know. And I'm realizing the awareness is a huge thing. So even just talking about it, Twitter is everything right now. Um, just because that's where our main movement is. I mean, if you feel really passionate about it, I would not say, I would not complain if you wanted to write a letter to senators um, or the White House, but Twitter's the main thing. It's the easiest thing. I'll put it that way. Easiest, super convenient. It just takes two seconds to tweet, you know, love is not tourism um, or let binational couples reunite, anything like that. 
that's the biggest thing is just making people aware of this and, and increasing our visibility. Love it. What have you, what is the number one thing you have learned of your relationship with Josh through this whole year? Um, definitely just over, over communicate. Like, yeah, I don't care if I say I just had a cookie, like literally, because like I said, you don't think about the little things when you're with somebody, um, and just those moments that you have with them and those things are just overlooked. And I would just say over communicate. And we've definitely done that. Um, like I said, FaceTime a lot and definitely trying to, if you're having a bad day, say, I'm having a bad day. This is what happened. And having to explain it in detail, which does take a lot of effort. It's effort and it's energy. And there are some times where either he doesn't want to talk to the phone or I don't want to talk on the phone. Not because we don't want to talk to each other, just because you know, you're just tired. You're just tired. But the thing is, it's, it's work, it's effort. And um, you just, you have, you know, we both really love each other. We care about each other so much that we'll, we're willing to do anything to, to make this work. Have you grown as a person? Oh man, I've definitely learned. I, I think for a long time, you know, he's been my best friend, like I said, for four years, we've been dating for three and I realized how much I relied on him. Um, and I think when you are, you know, in a relationship with someone, there's often this, this concept that you kind of lose a little bit of your identity because you grow with, with them so much, which is great. I'm not saying it's a problem, Mm -hmm. but I think oftentimes people can lose their own identity. And I think for a little bit, I don't want to say I lost it, but I would always say, Hey, what do you think about this? And I would try to get his opinion on everything before I did it. And now I'm learning to be more independent again. Mm -hmm. Um, It sounds weird. It's like, it's kind of like acting as if you're single, but you're not single. If that makes any (laughs) sense at all. Like I have no desire to go meet other people or be with anybody else. I want to be with him, but that independence and that strength and that free will of, of doing things on your own. I've definitely regained that. And it's actually been kind of empowering for sure. Awesome. Well, Mal, do you have any other questions? No, I think those last two were questions I was interested in too, but this was good. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Like literally this makes me so happy to be able to talk about this. I'm sure like, my parents are so sick of hearing me talk about this. <laughs> and Josh, she's like, they're like, you're preaching to the choir. I know. I get it. I get it. And I'm like, oh, but please, I just want someone to understand. Well, no, so that's how, you. yeah, that's how I feel of politics. I'll be like, I'll say something, Sebastian, because you're literally preaching to the choir, so <laughs> but we were able to get it out on here and it's great, but yeah, it's so, I'm so, it's so therapeutic. So I'm sorry for dumping all of this, uh, no, no, it's heartbreak been, on you. It's been great. Um, yeah, I mean, I've learned so much. I, there's so much I didn't like, I had no idea this movement was going until I saw you last weekend and you're like, yeah, this is a big deal. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I also, I for whatever reason, I thought the U.S. was like up and popping. I didn't realize. It's easy to believe, though, especially with, um, you know, restaurant. Well, in certain places, restaurants and yeah. bars are open. All these things are happening. Um, yeah, I mean, I've flown. Believe it. Yeah, I've flown on a plane since COVID. One, two, three, four times already. It, all within the U.S. So I just assumed yeah. international was the same. Yeah. yeah no. Well, yeah. honestly, and speaking of flying, though. When I was over there and I I was flying, I had to go, Josh is up north. So I have to have a flight from London to Newcastle where he lives. And those flights, there's not anybody in the airport, not really. And the planes are really socially distant. But then when I was in the States and I had to fly back from Chicago, because I flew into Chicago from London, from Chicago to Charlotte, North Carolina, it was um, just 
people everywhere. You sit on people's laps. Completely. Yeah, completely. (laughs) You have no idea that you can't. Yeah. Yeah. I I was mind blown when I got back. Just mind blown. That's interesting. hmm, Interesting. Crazy. But I'm hoping I'll I'll get to see him again. I don't know when saying goodbye um, this past time was even harder than any other time just because I, I didn't know. I just still don't know when I'm going to see him again. Yeah, so, I guess the last time you said goodbye, you ne- it was before world pandemic. Yeah, and that was already hard enough. But now it's um, I like I literally have no idea when I will see him again. And it's also uh-huh. one of the other things I've I've learned in all this is just you hear people say it so much, like just be thankful for what you have and don't take anything for granted. And I've really really learned that. I mean, obviously, I'm he's still here. He's still here, but it's just you know, I didn't realize that I was going to have that option to even see him taken away that like mm-hmm. that option is totally gone. Well, yeah. not, not totally. There's, you know, if you have a couple thousand dollars and I was going to say, month, yeah. then you're good. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say maybe not tonight, but like another time I would love to get, delve into like all it's the rich can also the rich probably have their own way to get there. They probably have their mm-hmm. own private jets yeah. that they don't even have to worry about like pandemic who, you know, like that's, a whole nother podcast episode oh yeah for sure but thank you so much for listening i appreciate it guys thanks for coming on caroline we appreciate it hashtag love is not tourism everyone yes and we'll definitely be doing a post with those hashtags love is not tourism and love is essential so make sure you guys are hashtagging those out yes 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 yes. all right mal you ready yeah um everyone thanks so much for listening please 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 rate review and subscribe um and we have merch on the site and also too if you like what we're doing we have a donation link on our website all right thanks guys we will talk to you guys later bye Thank you for listening to Those Other Girls with Mallory and Bailey. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Head over to our website, thoseothergirls.com, to read our blogs and receive exclusive content. And connect with us on Instagram at Those Other Girls Podcast and on Twitter at TOG underscore podcast. Those Other Girls, changing culture and bringing back traditional values.